You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast for Thursday, March 11th, 2021. I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. Today, our episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. I want to give a special shout out to subscribers to this podcast who are taking some time out of their day to listen. And if you'd like to join that group, go to your favorite podcast source, find Locked On Jets and hit the subscribe button and we will send new episodes to you each morning as they are posted. I decided to do a second mailbag show this week. Usually we only do one each week. We do it on Wednesday, but next week free agency begins in the NFL and I anticipate there will be no Wednesday mailbag because we will be focused on what the Jets do in free agency. So to make up for that, I decided we're going to do a second mailbag this week. Thanks to everybody who sent in questions. It's pretty amazing that we had enough mailbag questions to fill two full mailbag shows. So thank you so much for submitting them. Let's get started. Our first question comes from Tim, who asks, Some commentators are suggesting that Jerry Jones gave Dak Prescott such a large contract extension because he has insider knowledge that the pending television deal will cause the salary cap to rise substantially in the future. If this turns out to true, if this turns out to be true, how would it impact the Jets' strategy this offseason? Does it make keeping Sam Darnold more likely by making picking up the fifth-year option less onerous? And as Jets fans, should we have a rooting interest in hoping the television deal isn't so large as it might minimize the Jets' salary cap advantage? So, Tim, it has nothing to do with this offseason. The salary cap, there's been reports that it is already set at $182.5 million. The salary cap is based on revenues from the prior year. So this, this is based on NFL 2020 revenues. Any rise in the salary cap will only impact future years. Uh, I'm sorry, only any rise in the television deal will impact future seasons. So if you're giving a player a multi-year contract like a Dak Prescott, you may be willing to pay more money because down the line, you know, once you get to maybe year number three and year number four of the contract, the cap is going to go way up because the t- league is going to be making more money from the TV deals. That's where it could come into play. In the future, once you hit a year where the new TV deal will be taking place, then the cap could go up then. But for the short term, it doesn't have anything to do. The salary cap, again, there have been reports. I don't think the league has officially announced it yet, but there have been reports that teams have been notified. The salary cap's already set at around $182.5 million. And if those reports are inaccurate, at the end of the day, it's not going to matter. Because these new TV deals have not even been struck yet. I mean, that's the other thing to remember is that we're just talking about speculation. So it really has nothing to do with this year. It could impact things three, four years down the line. But for this year, it's not going to have any sort of impact. Our next question deals with Josh Rosen. So you may remember a couple years back, the Arizona Cardinals gave up on Josh Rosen after one year. They traded him to Miami for a second round pick. And people are drawing comparisons between that and the Sam Darnold situation this year. Um, The question is, I felt like the Cardinals were widely criticized for waiting until draft day to trade Rosen. 
Many experts seemed to, to think they would have received more if they had shipped him first because Miami held all the leverage at that point. Do you agree with those opinions, or will Darnold have more suitors? So I got to be honest with you. I think Arizona did pretty well to get a second-round pick for Rosen a couple of years back. I, I don't think that waiting necessarily hurt them. See, I mean, here's the thing. If you're giving up on a quarterback after one year, that is going to reduce the price he's going to cost another team on the open market. Because if you're looking to trade for somebody another team's giving up on after one year, the other the, the other team's going to say, like, hey, what's going on here? Why would they, you know, the team that, you know, Arizona knew more about Josh Rosen than anybody else, and they were willing to give up on him after one year with him. So if you're, if you're a team that was looking to trade for Josh Rosen back then, you may say, gee, what's going on here? You know, what do they know that nobody else knows? And I think some of that mystery, even if you like Josh Rosen, was going to lower his price. You know, as far as Darnold goes, I get the feeling, you know, you either like Darnold or you don't. And it seems like, at least anecdotally, there may be a wide school of thought in the NFL that Darnold can be salvaged, that a lot of his issues were due to the situation the Jets put him in. And I'm sympathetic to that because, I mean, you cannot put a young quarterback in a worse situation when, when you're talking about supporting cast, when you're talking about coaching than what the Jets put Darnold in. But if you like Darnold, you're going to be willing to... I mean, I don't think that it's going to drastically change the, the, the amount you're going to be willing to offer. And the you know, the flip side to the, the whole argument that they waited too long because it gave the other team all the leverage, well, if you wait until the draft, there's the, there's the counter to that, which is the draft is really your last chance to upgrade your roster during the offseason. So if you get to the draft and you have not upgraded your quarterback position and you think Darnold is one of the few viable options left, then it may increase what you're willing to pay. It all depends on the individual situation, the the circumstances of the team. So I, I don't think that there's any issue with holding him until the draft. I don't think it's going to, if it changes his value one way or another, I don't think it's going to drastically do so. It may be a little bit on the margins, but I don't think, I think at the end of the day, you either believe in Sam Darnold and you're willing to give up something for him or you don't. Our next question, when a player signs a contract, is there a language about the possibility of being franchised tagged? Is it just an NFL rule? It seems ridiculous that an employer can force you to work for them and no one else. So the franchise tag came from the collective bargaining agreement, and the collective bargaining agreement is the it comes from the negotiations between the players and the owners, and they set the rules for the league. The NFL is the only sport that has it. Now, you can... As a player, or at least you, I don't know whether the rule has changed, but as far as I'm, as as far as I know, you can negotiate a contract which prohibits the team from using the franchise tag on you. So if you go back to 2013, you may remember that there was lots of acrimony between the Jets and Darrell Revis, and Revis was entering the final year of his contract. And one of the things that put the Jets in a really tough spot is they had negotiated a contract with Revis in 2010 that prohibited them from using the franchise tag on him. So, you know, it's a useful thing to have if you have a star player and you can't work out a deal with them because it allows you to prevent the player from hitting the open market. I mean, look, I have no idea why the players ever allowed this to happen. It's something that hurts. I think it hurts. It doesn't just hurt the star players. I think it hurts the more marginal players as well because if the star player works out a long-term deal typically 
he's going to reduce his original cap number. So, you know, instead of, you know, we talked about this the other day with Marcus May. Instead of Marcus May making $10, $11 million this year on the franchise tag, if he worked out a long-term deal, his cap number would probably be lower, you know, maybe by a couple million dollars. And that couple million dollars would go to the more marginal players. So I can't believe the players have ever allowed this to happen. I can't believe they allowed the league to keep it in. It only hurts, it really hurts them more as much as anything. But yeah, I mean, that's it's essentially part of the rules of the league because the players allowed it. The players in their negotiations with the owners, they allowed it. And the only way to prevent it is, again, to work out a clause in your contract saying that the team cannot franchise tag you. Chain stores have different price tiers for professionals and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are reliably low and the same for everybody. rockauto.com's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy, easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. We have been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It's Built Bar Madness. Built Bar has set up an NCAA bracket style tournament between its flavors and you have the opportunity to vote on which one is best. Today's matchups are Caramel Brownie versus Cherry Barcia and Lemon Almond Cheesecake versus Carrot Cake with Walnuts. Go to BuiltBar.com or to Built underscore Bar on Twitter. And remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That is LOCKEDON20. It's one word with no space. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, number two, number zero. Locked on 20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. This is the Locked on Jets podcast on this Thursday doing a mailbag show. Our next question, over under on how much cap space the Jets will have left this year after Joe Douglas is done with free agency and the draft. I say less than $10 million since A, the cap will go up next year, which will benefit the Jets and take away some of the scarcity value the Jets currently enjoy for being under the cap this year, and B, Salah is new on the scene and has a five-year contract, so Douglas will want to give Salah a good start. If so, that could mean at least three large splashes. I actually, this is just a guess, but I actually think it could go in the opposite direction. Douglas has kind of been laying the groundwork for the Jets to not make big splashes in free agency. To be honest with you, I'd like to see them be aggressive in free agency this year because of the advantage they have with their cap space and because of how many quality players there are on the market. But I think Douglas kind of gave you a hint when he spoke to the press uh, last week when he said that, you know, he was asked about free agency and he talked about, I mean, if you listen to him, if you kind of read between the lines, and it's always dangerous to read too much into what these guys say in off-season press conferences, but I kind of got the impression Douglas is not going to be as active as a lot of us want him to be in free agency. And I actually think the Salah thing works the other way. He's in year one on a five-year contract. So 
I think that he has very little pressure on him going into next season. You're, you always have the least pressure on him. There's the least need to do something immediately in year one because next year, I mean, let's be honest, next year Salah could do practically anything and probably be an upgrade on the coaching that we had in 2020. So I'm not sure the Jets are going to be as aggressive. Now, listen, I don't think the Jets are just going to sit it out. I don't think the Jets are going to sit on all this cap space. I think they will make signings, but I get the impression people are looking for maybe like a Tannenbaum or a McCagnan type offseason full of big splashes, full of pricey free agent signings, guys who are relatively big names on the market. And I think it's going to be more understated. Now, I don't think the, again, I don't think the Jets are going to be as reluctant to make moves in free agency as they were a year ago. I think last year, my guess is what they were doing was kind of a calculated strategy, setting things up for this offseason. So I think it's going to be more aggressive than you saw than you saw in 2020. But I don't think we're going back to the days of the Jets making a bunch of big splash signings on expensive big name free agents. I think they're going to look for guys who are, who are good fits, maybe some depth players, guys who will hold down positions competently. I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets had a lot carried a lot of money over. I don't know. This is just a guess, but Douglas seems to me to be the kind of guy who always wants to have a reserve of cash. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that the Jets are going to be a team that spends to the cap under Joe Douglas, but I could be wrong. That's just a theory based on one year of observation and stuff I've heard about him. Maybe I'm wrong, but we'll see. But I would be a little surprised if the Jets made a bunch of splashy signings and spent all the way to the cap. Our next question, John, do you find any of the Sam Darnold implications odd? At face value, I'd say Joe Douglas's press conference recently made it likely they will trade Darnold, Darnold away. However, we have heard nothing from Darnold or his agent trying to force a trade sooner rather than later. I also think it would make more sense to trade Darnold before free agency if we go that route. Any chance Joe is making it seem like Darnold is available to generate higher interest on the second pick by making it seem like we really want to take a quarterback at that spot? Well, it's always possible, you know, in the offseason, teams are constantly trying to throw out misdirection to trick the rest of the league so the other league so the rest of the league doesn't know what they want to do. You know, so I guess it's possible. I mean, nobody really knows what the Jets are going to do at the quarterback position. All I'm guessing is that they're going to move on just because of the struggles of Darnold, because Darnold seems like a guy who could use a change of scenery because they have the second pick in a year where there seem to be some viable options with that selection. And if you pick somebody at two overall, you reset the clock, you get somebody new on the rookie contract. Essentially, you give yourself four years of of a cost-controlled quarterback. So for all of those reasons, I think the most likely scenario is they will trade Darnold. But uh, you can't rule anything out. Would, would I? I would be surprised if they kept Darnold, but I would not be shocked. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bid on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA and NHL are in full swing, and college basketball is getting ready for March Madness. Bet online also covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. 
Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON. It's one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N with no space. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Thursday doing a mailbag show. Our next question, John, the Jets have made countless mistakes in free agency over the years. Do you think the Jets pro scouting department is not evaluating these players correctly or is it more of a recruiting issue? Perhaps the Jets aren't getting their top targets and are being forced to settle for lesser players. Well, I think it's a little bit of both, but I I think the pro personnel department has made some pretty major mistakes because there have been plenty of instances where they have gotten their top players, where they've given out big money contracts. You know, when you look at, say, Le'Veon Bell, they missed on him. They felt like he could still play at a high level, and clearly he could not, or Trumaine Johnson. And the thing with Trumaine Johnson was the year before the Jets signed him, there were some pretty big warning signs. There were some red flags with his performance with the Rams. Now, those were things that you could have gone either way on. You know, there was those were things where you may say, okay, well, he can bounce back from this. But though, there, there were also indications that maybe he was in decline, and they totally missed on that. Now, look, the Jets have not been a destination for free agents, and they've missed out on some guys who just haven't wanted to play here. So that's part of the equation. But I think there have been major issues with the pro personnel department. Now, that was a different front office, though. That's the thing you have to remember is that the guys who missed on those evaluations are not here anymore. So you can't really make any judgments going forward about how they're going to perform because you have a new front office in place. Next question. How much money is too much for a guard in the NFL? How old would be too old to sign a guard? Joe Thune turns 29 in November. Some projections have him at $15 million a year as far as the salary he's going to make. Are you okay with paying a guard that type of money with so many other holes to fill at premium positions? I can't think of a winning team that has, has had its guard as its highest paid player. Well, I think that you've seen a shift in the NFL over the last, I don't know, decade or so. I think in the past, guard was not viewed as a premium position, but I think we've moved to a spot where you could make an argument where all five positions on the offensive line are premium positions it is very difficult. You know, teams are having a really tough time developing young players on the offensive line. And it is important. I mean, look at how many great defensive tackles disrupt the game. I mean, there are, there are lots of defensive tackles in the NFL that can wreck the game. And one of the things you have to ask yourself is that if you think there's there are defensive tackles who can have a big impact in this league, why wouldn't the guys who block them be considered premium players? So I think that guard really is a premium position for the, for those reasons. You know, first of all, the competition you're facing, but also there's a scarcity of quality offensive line play in this league. So that I think drives up the price. So, you know, 15 years ago, I may question paying a guard a ton of money. I may question paying a guard that kind of salary. In today's NFL, I think it's kind of justified because of the scarcity. So, you know, I think years ago it was really left tackle was what you viewed as the premium offensive line position. Because it's so hard to find quality offensive linemen today, I have no issue using an early first-round pick on players at any of the five positions on the line. And I don't really have a problem with paying big money in free agency to somebody who plays up front. Would you prioritize a veteran quarterback in free agency if the plan is to trade Sam Darnold and draft a quarterback at number two? I think Alex Smith, Andy Dalton, or Tyrod Taylor should be a major focus if that is the plan. Well, I think the Jets need to 
focus on getting a quality backup quarterback no matter who's playing for them, no matter who's starting for them in 2021. I think that backup quarterback might be one of them. I've heard people say this, and I agree. Backup quarterback might be one of the 10 most important players on your roster because a quality backup quarterback can save your season. And we've seen that in the most extreme case in Philadelphia back in 2017 when Nick Foles took over for Carson Wentz and they led them to the Super Bowl. And a bad backup can destroy your season. You know, I don't know that the 2019 Jets were going anywhere anyway, but those games Trevor Simeon and Luke Falk started pretty much sank the season because, you know, the Jets were 0-1 when Simeon started Week 2, and they were 0-4 by the time Sam Darnold got back in. And look, the Jets team probably wasn't going anywhere, but you start 0-4 in this league, you're finished. So if your quarterback misses weeks two, misses games 2, 3, and 4, if you don't have a good backup, you're going to put yourself into such a hole that your, your team's never going to be able to climb out of it. So I don't, you know, it doesn't really matter to me who the quarterback is going forward, whether it's Darnold, whether it's a rookie at number 2, two I think the Jets need to get a better backup quarterback this year. They need to get somebody who can go out there and help them win games. And I know Joe Flacco has his fans. And listen, Joe Flacco had a great career with Baltimore, but I don't think he did very well for the Jets this past season. Thank you, everybody, for your questions. That is our show for today. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you enjoy this show, subscribe to it and leave it a good review. Hope you have a great Thursday, everybody. We'll be back again tomorrow to talk more Jets.